Oh God. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> doing a rock <laughs> version of this no what would we call that though rock bottom <laughs> considering okay. how we feel about his acting yeah you don't want to watch the tooth fairy not really i'd rather watch the pacifier with vin diesel yeah welcome back to cage match colon a roundabout way of meeting nicholas cage i am your host sean here with my other host nick i'm nick and our producer Peter, hello. And this week, we have a special guest back for the second time. Beer. Oh, also. Adam, I brought the beer. Thank you, Adam. Good job. (laughs) It's good to be back. Thank you for having me. You all know how much I love the National Treasure franchise. I mean, yeah. So I appreciate you indulging me on this. It's nice that you can actually talk about the first one now versus just (laughs) talking about the sequel without a lot of context. Yeah, so Peter, you watched these out of order. Yeah. Nothing. um, The second one couldn't have made sense to you. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, did I, I managed to make the to. leap. You know, I did some of that talk out loud brain thinking, and I, I put it together. <laughs> ah, nice. It's such a com- it's such a tight knit story, though. Mm. So this week we are talking about 2019's Primal and 2004's National Treasure. That was 2004. Yeah. yeah, those were different times. Simpler times. I was forgetting what year I graduated high school versus college. <laughs> yeah, you're not as old as you think you are. I feel like I'm twice as old as I think I am. <laughs> yeah, 100%. The difference between 19-year-old Sean and 38-year-old Sean is I'm worse at math. <laughs> yeah, they don't have like annual refreshers for no. you once you get into the real world. Yeah, so this is Cage Match, colon, a roundabout way of meeting Nicolas Cage, where we uh, bracket style take 64 Nick Cage movies and pit them head-to-head in four different categories. Tough, funny serious and fucking weird wacky uh, and we are in tough guys must be tough, tough guy, guy yeah this is action right cage now. yeah action movies i don't think i realized that you'd made like oh four. yeah the regions yeah. yeah i think i missed that that's yeah. awesome yeah. yeah it actually works out really nicely so in the end you know we'll funnel it down into mm-hmm. four top from each of those so that'll be kind of cool these movies it's a number six seed with national treasure and a 11 with primal oh perfect And I'm going to pretend like I understand what any of that means. National Treasure, uh, 2004. Nicolas Cage plays... Benjamin Franklin Gates. Benjamin Franklin Gates. Diane Kruger is Abigail Chase. Justin Bartha is Riley Poole. And Sean Bean plays Ian Howe. I always forget that John Voight's in these films. And it's still weird that he's in a movie about American conspiracies. But going back to a previous episode, Sean, I'm sorry that Helen Mirren's tits weren't in this for you. I mean, Helen Mirren's not even in this yeah. one. So. It's a real loss that Helen Mirren isn't in this one. You could always just Google her while you watch it. <laughs> Probably did. So, Adam, as our uh, national treasure expert, <laughs> what's this movie about? So my first time seeing this was with my parents and my brother and my younger sister. And it was fun. Like, it's, it is a fun movie. It's probably more fun 20 years ago than it is now. Our relationship with America is a bit different now. <laughs> There's that. Also, I had very little expectation of this movie. Seeing it for the first time, I was 20 years old. And it wasn't like, oh, that that, that changed me. Like, I'm going to go home and, like, <laughs> listen to Kid A and do Mushrooms. Um, <laughs> but... <laughs> What else? It, do you, do you it, guys it, want to it, listen to Kid A and do mushrooms? It was just like, <laughs> Might as well. It was so much better than you could have expected. 2004, Nick Cage might have only been really a big deal for maybe 10 years at that point. Yeah, it was wow. definitely a different era, but he had come off of, I think Adaptation was one that came yeah. pretty shortly right before this. Matchstick Men, yeah. uh, Adaptation, Lord of Wars right after this, then right. Weatherman. Like, I mean, this is kind of peak second wave Cage. Right. Ghost Rider's like... Five movies after this? When was Army of One again? The only movie that matters, I think 2016. Yeah. Perfect. So right between these two movies. Don't don't check the math on that. It's right in the middle. We're not a math pod. Nope. I, I also thought the movie was pretty well produced, directed. Like the script the script wasn't that good. Okay, so we'll just jump in. It starts in like I don't remember 1976 and he's a kid and he's in his grandfather's attic. And his grandfather's uh what's his name plumber the like really 
What? No, no not no. Mark. <laughs> We're going to gloss over that. Nope. <laughs> Christopher Plummer. There you go. Thank you. So Hunter Gomez playing... Young Benjamin Franklin Gates. Benjamin Franklin Gates is in the attic of his grandfather's house. This is like the first minute of the movie. Christopher Plummer comes up there and is like, there is a treasure that only our family knows about. And like, he he gets this clue of a treasure that's been fought over for like millennia at that point. The Templar's treasure. Yeah, the Templar's treasure and the... The Masons, the Freemasons, have gotten a hold of it and are moving it around to, like, fuck with the British. And to keep it safe. And all they have is this one, uh, this one clue. The secret lies with Charlotte. Yeah. Um, and that has been, the at that point, like, leading up into the 70s where we're in this attic now. So, Ben Gates, played by our hero, Nick Cage... He's like military and has like degrees in history and policy and all kinds of stuff. And he becomes this treasure hunter moving on into like the seventh minute of the movie. He's in what I think is the Arctic at that point with Sean Bean and some goons. Well, and, 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 and Justin Riley. Bartha. And Riley. Yeah, and Riley. And Riley Who Poole. is like the best such, sidekick. Who, such a 90s kind of hacker character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This could have had a much more interesting opening scene if the first scene was just Ben Gates watching Indiana Jones. So they're in these like weird snowcat machines and they can just cross the Arctic with no problem. And they have technology that definitely isn't real or didn't exist. And they can just be like, we're almost there if the coordinates are correct. I mean, satellites existed in 2004. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I just sure. really liked that one guy being like, how do we even know this is right? And then Riley says a bunch of things that don't mean anything and don't actually point to any like conclusions. And he's yeah. just like, so, you know, could be that. And it's like, you're, you're but don't. And then he says like, but don't trust me. I broke a shoelace today. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, That's what? Bad. It's bad luck. <laughs> Fuck. They end up finding their location with some metal detectors or some shit. And they dig up a whole ass ship. Named Charlotte. Named Charlotte. After the spider. And some pig. <laughs> that was actually the answer to the secret or the clue. You guys, you guys brought <laughs> me over here. Secret lies with Charlotte. You guys brought me over some here just to fuck pig. with me, didn't you? You're not going to let me get through this at all. <laughs> this isn't even an actual recorded episode. <laughs> how, how deep does a metal detector detect? Well, that's the thing. Like a is that, handheld. That, that ship was only like two feet under the snow. Yeah. yeah. Somehow. <laughs> it's been buried there for like 150 years. Well. But like Nick Cage dug it up using a bottle of water. Second time he's used bottles of water in these movies. Yeah. yeah right? that's, uh, that's, <laughs> that's how you find treasure. So they get in this ship and they think there's going to be a treasure. And instead they find a, a powder keg that has like some ancient pipe with an inscription that you have to apply ink or in this case blood to so you can read it that was my that's one of my favorite scenes though is he recognizes that like oh we have to like rub blood on this and roll it out onto a piece of parchment and then he's reading it and he he does it's for anybody that got to listen to uh the episode with National Treasure 2, he does this sort of same thing where he's like, that that super um Jeff Goldblum, like, what does it mean? It's uh the 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 pen, the iron pen. That pen is iron. It's made of iron. No, it's not made of iron. There's lead in the pen. It's a, there's lead in the pen. No, it's it's heavy. It's mineral. Oh god. And it it was just so dumb that he was able to figure out that riddle. It's iron. A, it's in it's about iron clad. In about thirty seconds of talking out loud of being wrong about everything, I and mean, then just and then just knew after that. To be fair, that's how every one of us has gotten through life. <laughs> just talking and being wrong about everything until we say the right thing. That's just living. <laughs> one of the only fun facts that I found was, you know, as he's doing that, one of the other guys is like, it's a prison. It's a prison. <laughs> yeah, talking yeah. about a prison. Yeah. And then the Riley, Iron Pen. Yeah. And then Riley just says, Albuquerque. But <laughs> yeah. I can do it too. Snorkel. <laughs> yeah. And that's apparently a uh, Weird Al reference. Really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's exciting. Uh, yeah. He lost his uh, 
Lucky glow in the dark uh, autograph snorkel when he went to Albuquerque. Hey, Weird Al, if you're listening. Oh, he is. We love you. We were at your concert. We were at your concert. It was amazing. You played Albuquerque. It was a blast. At this point, Sean Bean's angry that there's not a there's not a treasure on the ship, so he blows it up and tries to trap Nick Cage. He doesn't and blow it up. Riley Poole and uh, well, he said, "Well, it's his plan to steal the Declaration, so Ben can figure out the map. The map oh, is that's on right. the back of the Declaration. Right. Yeah, and that's... that's when Sean Bean's like, I have other skills besides writing checks, which I don't think he does. I think he just writes checks to people with." With other skills. With skills. Because, <laughs> yeah, the one time he tries to, he physically tries to break into a place, they get arrested by, like, 90 cops who couldn't have been that well hidden. He solved one part of one riddle once. Yeah. He does the junior jumble. <laughs> <laughs> the stealing of the declaration, that scene was, that sequence. Oh, the heist was great. That was probably the best part of the whole movie. They figure out it's on the back of the declaration. Sean Bean's like, well, I'm going to steal it. And then Ben's like, well, we can't do that. So here's a really long plan to steal it ourselves. <laughs> to protect it. Yeah. And that's where we meet Abigail, Abigail Chase. Chase. Diane Kruger. She was not great in this movie. No. Second one, she's better. Yep. I do still really took like... a couple weeks to practice. I still really do like just their bantering in these films. No, they have fine enjoy. chemistry. Yeah, they have fine chemistry. I enjoy the banter. There was a lot of telling women to shut up in this movie. I was surprised by that. Uh, 2004, simpler <laughs> yeah, times. Different times. <laughs> just, just, just after Friends. I mean, when you how can still do it. many women are in this movie? Because oh, there's her, and then there's an Urban Outfitters cashier. Yeah, and the lady yeah. at the uh, National Archives thrift store, which yeah. was just a Visa ad. A lot of ad placements in this movie. There's... Like when they went to Jersey Mike's? And he had to like steal a, a foot long yeah exactly cheese steak and uh but he had to wrap it in the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> they don't handle that Declaration of Independence with any fucking reverence after the well, initial scene where they handle it with yeah. reverence. I was gonna yeah. say that yeah. everyone is like rubbing their face oils all <laughs> yeah. over it. The first scene where they have to like roll it out and like there's gloves and everyone's like, <gasps> and then every other scene they're just whipping it out of the uh, out of the sheet and just tearing it open. Well, they didn't have time then. Yeah. Apparently they had to like look for a secret hidden messages like it, now. It also kind of pissed me off. So he steals this. Abigail Chase is all mad. She gets kidnapped and then he kidnaps her back to safety. Yeah. Um, Just like the con- or the uh, and like, and like has to take bitch. her to has to take her to Philadelphia and <laughs> tie up his dad. We made a couple big leaps there. Yeah. Then, then they're just like, we're going to put lemon juice all over this because we have to see this map. And she's like, if anybody's going to do this, it's going to be me because I'm trained to handle documents like this. And like an hour ago, she's being kidnapped by this guy. Yeah. And, and now they're sharing a breath over it. Yeah, yeah I, exactly. I do, like, I do like the reasoning she's there because they're just like, you're free to go. And she's like, well, if you really didn't want me to come with you, you probably wouldn't have told me where you were going. Yeah. Did we want to talk about the heist at all? I love heists. You love heists. I mean, I do love heists. I thought it was a pretty lackluster heist. He uses the Declaration of Independence to avoid getting shot. Yeah. I mean, it had, like, good moments, but it was really, like, a heist of, like, a couple beats. That's fair. But there are two heists going on, because when he's, like... Well, yeah. I don't really consider Ian's heist a heist. That's not a heist. That's, that's just, burglary. like, armed robbery. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> So both these, both the first and second one, like, are in the Library of Congress for, like, decent amounts of this. I mean, they were in the Library of Congress for, like, a minute when Riley's like, here's all these records. And then they shifted the scene oh, wait, out no, of it. Yeah, I'm getting this was Yeah, the other one spends a lot more time. National yeah. Archives. This that, just... I was getting that confused. California public schools. Yeah, I understand. So I do like how all, I like how all of their security measures are just readily available for them to, like, look at yeah i don't i mean i don't know what the library of congress actually gives out but i don't think it's like the security measures that protect the declaration of independence i don't think they just have that on file even like if you have to look between seven different files to piece it together i don't think that's available yeah i don't think the library of congress is telling you like if you come in and you shine a green laser in this quarter inch little now, Dealey Bob, here's a question. What if they do? 
And all we have to do is go to the Library of Congress and we can do like we can a lot of crime. Then the only thing holding us back is illiteracy. Fuck. <laughs> well, all right. I guess that's our first, uh, on our next podcast, that's our first field trip. <laughs> Nick and Sean learn to read. This is going to be a sweet podcast. I don't know that high level literacy is typically the best in for crime. Like... <laughs> We're not talking I, about crime. We're no. talking about heisting. We're talking about good crime. Okay. Yeah, book crime. <laughs> book crime. Okay. You're right. We're oh, gonna, man. We're going to find treasures, guys. Totally not related to book crime. But I was walking my dog the other day, and I found a pile of uh, Asian import porno DVDs <laughs> on the side of the road. And we're going to watch them right now. Yeah. Yeah. So I've got a new it's podcast a idea, guys. Like, uh, did you gonna... keep them? I mean, are you asking if I'm just in possession of them? Yes. Because I don't intend on keeping them. These are like one and done. (laughs) Did you make Wallace carry them? (laughs) Yeah. I got little saddlebags that are bigger than him. That way when you get weird looks like, yeah, my dog's a freak. (laughs) Don't kink shame my dog. It's okay, Wallace. You can pop whatever weird boners you want. They steal the Declaration of Independence. Abigail gets kidnapped by uh, Sean Bean. And then There's... unkidnapped by kidnapping. Yeah. Well, he saves her, and then they just don't take her back. Because they can't go back because they have his credit card information, which means they know who he is. He'd set up some kind of weird room in yeah, his apartment in his so that he could he could put lemons on the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> but he can't go there now, so he has to go to his dad's house in why Philadelphia. Does, why does his dad have so many fucking lemons? There's like 43 lemons in the refrigerator. Pre-cut. It's because Patrick do you, do you, a lot of lemons. Do any parties. of you keep lemons in your refrigerator? Is that where you store lemons? Uh, this is the same guy that also just had like a grip of pizza sitting out on like some <laughs> coffee table in like a sitting room. Yeah, still warm. His super nice East Coast home, and he's going there because his father, played by uh, John Voight, John Voight, apparently is in possession of the original copies of the Silence Do Good Letters. Is that a real thing? Has anybody ever looked that up? Yeah, it's very real. Oh, okay. All of that's real. I'd be frankly shocked to find out that there are originals. I mean, I'd be frankly shocked to find out there was a map on the back of the Declaration of Independence. (laughs) If that's where our level of what shocks us is, Adam. (laughs) To be fair, there was never a map on the back of the Declaration. What if that had just been like a daguerreotype porn? Just flipping those special spectacles. (laughs) Franklin porn. Yeah. Oh God, Benjamin Franklin. Mm. What you know that guy <laughs> was like into what? it. Like that's a well-known fact. Yeah, <laughs> it's like one of those pens where you turn it upside down and the bikini top floats off. But there you go. It's like you flip the lenses back and forth. And it's like, mm, oh girl, yeah, you naughty. Put that bodice on. Now take it off. <laughs> You just got to flip the Declaration upside down. <laughs> the, direct, the Declaration of Independence is like the original magic guy. But yeah, they go over to uh, uh, Patrick Gates' place. In Philadelphia. In Philadelphia. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Where they eat pizza and then handle the Declaration <laughs> of Independence. And, and they then, find a cipher key on the back. Which they determine is why they need the silence. Do good letters. The cipher key will give them... The answer to the next clue. I like he, he also he, he had like photocopies in his apartment. Yeah. yeah. When Sean Bean solves the puzzle too, his friend just like pulls up the Silence Do Good yeah. website. Yeah, they they Yahooed it. They Yahooed <laughs> it because <laughs> it was two thousand four. It's like why didn't they just do that at Patrick Gates's house? Yeah. If it's just that easy, why why is this happening? Sean Bean does the whole thing. He's he's working on his pad, and he's like, "Oh, oh why that's is, right. Why is silence capitalized? That, that's right. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right. Keeps coming back to it. Yeah. It's like, why are these two letters capitalized? Because they're important. <laughs> well, all shucks, bud. Because yeah. they're names. Yeah. So then later they Yahoo the. <laughs> I do want to say I do really like Sean Bean's like head goon. Yeah. You know, not Vinnie Jones. <laughs> the guy. It's like. <laughs> Is that Vinnie Jones? Nah, it's not Vinnie Jones. It wasn't Vinnie Jones. I just kind of realized that treasure maps are fucking bullshit. <laughs> Go on. Well, it's fucking ridiculous. It's like, 
I'm going to hide this thing that's super important, but I'm going to also leave a dick ton of clues all over the place. It's uh, a good point, though. Treasure maps are fucking dumb. But I'm also going to leave clues, and I'm going to make these clues like super figureoutable by people 200 years from now. <laughs> Where were we? Uh, okay, oh, yeah, so, so now they, they have to go to... Silence do good letters. Yeah, so they have to go and look at the letters, the actual letters, but they're all wanted by the Fed, so... They hire some kid. They pay a kid to go in for a dollar a dollar a letter. This is my least favorite part. So the because you're racist. No, the puzzle. No, the kid's cool. <laughs> that kid fucking. Rules, that kid's man. actually really cool. <laughs> that kid. I have thoughts about another kid later in this podcast. <clears throat> I hated that fucking tower time puzzle. Well, because you needed to give uh, Riley like one thing. He also solved that puzzle with a bottle of water. Did he? Yes. Because yeah, he took the $100 bill and he used it as a magnifying glass to look at the clock. Jesus Christ. And, uh, <laughs> I, yeah. what, what was killing me, though, is Rachel brought it up, too, when we were watching it. She was like, so the clock tower casts a shadow. And what do they do if it's overcast or it's not the correct season? Good fucking point. It must be good for just one day. And one you didn't. Day. You didn't take after this film and tell her to shut up. I'm. I'm, I'm confident. <laughs> shut up your mouth. Uh... I, I, I had not actually thought about that. I mean, I thought it was kind of a stupid gag, but I not. I not actually thought. The about second it. she said it, I was like, oh, yeah, this wouldn't work most of the time. Okay, but see, here's what what bothered me about this puzzle is so at two o'clock, the uh, tower where the Liberty Bell was held will like cast a shadow over a specific brick that. Within it is the special like 3D glasses of uh, yeah, the Benjamin Franklin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the thing is, once he gets on the roof and he's looking at it, there's a giant Mason symbol on it. So I'm like, has no one ever questioned that? It's like nobody, nobody right ever re-roofed that building. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nope. The the Mason symbol's in the top right corner, so you know there's a secret inside. <laughs> That's how you know. Yeah. But also it's uh, so... Previously established with the Declaration of Independence. Uh-huh. But yeah, so then there's an extended chase sequence through like... Oh, I forgot oh, about this yeah, scene. I forgot about that scene. <laughs> yeah, it was too. like just a Saturday market just, kind just of thing. Just a normal... Yeah. So I was like going through Pike Place Market. Man. Yeah. Just, um, she just dove behind a... Butcher's. I, but uh, no, I do like the market scene... Uh, not Vinnie Jones when Abigail's <laughs> hiding behind like the fish vendor, like in the stall. She says she's hiding from her uh, ex-husband and the woman who's working the stall is like, get the guy to go. It's like, can I help you, sir? And he just looks at her and goes, shut up. <laughs> All right, there you go. There's another one. And then she says, yeah. I can see why you left him. Yeah. That chase scene through Philadelphia, across the roof and through the cemetery. Yeah, there the were cemetery. all sorts of chases happening. It was, yes. it, it they were wasn't, all split up. It, it was just a weird... A weird segue, like it didn't need to happen. Well, it gave Sean Bean the declaration. It also and then it also firmly established him as like the villain. Yeah, right, and then I guess you know only an hour and twenty minutes into this movie, Ben gets arrested. This is where this and this is where Harvey Keitel starts to really make become a, a firm. All right, character. Harvey Keitel's also in this movie. I forgot. Yeah, he plays Sen Sedusky. Sedusky. Yeah. yeah. Sendusky. But that, that's <laughs> like that, that's the point. He's got his finger on the <laughs> like, crowd. Oh, like he, no, he's, <laughs> no, no, no. He's he's introduced. He's introduced in DC at the heist, and then he's brought back in Philadelphia when they when they go when they find out he's he's been at his dad's place. But like. After this this chase scene and Ben Gates is arrested, that's when he really gets to make a firm, established character. And he, he does become critical character through the rest of the movie at that point. And the sequel, too. I mean, kind of. Well, in custody, they make a deal to get the declaration back from Sean Bean by going to a naval ship, like on a tour. Yeah, they basically combine forces. He has to jump off a ship because Sean Bean's guys are in the water with scuba gear to mm -hmm. get him away. I've always wanted to have one of those, like, scuba missile things. Yeah, those would be great. <laughs> Wouldn't that be cool? That would be so much fun. As somebody who doesn't swim super well, would have been, been oh, very yeah. handy. Would have been fantastic that time my kayak tipped over in Absolutely. Lake Washington. Uh, shout out to the people who rescued us that one time. <laughs> they gave me a ham sandwich. <laughs> it <All right>. helped. <laughs> and this is where we're kind of starting to... We're finally in the final, like, 30 minutes of this film. Uh, Blessedly. They get to... Yeah, they wrap it up pretty quick. Yeah. They find out where the vault is underneath or within a mason's like 
Under Trinity Grave. Church. Under Trinity Church. Broad Street. And here, Broadway and Wall. Broadway and Wall Street. Yeah, to yeah. here and... Yeah. yeah. And, the, the clues are dumb. See, here's the thing where I think the second movie is better, is there's an actual, like, cool dungeon. Mm-hmm. And this one, it's just like... Here's an old elevator that Ben Franklin made. Here's some shitty stairs. Here's some shitty stairs. Good luck, y'all. Yeah, and then uh, that dude just fucking falls to his death horribly. Yeah, yeah. Not, not Vinnie Jones. Right. That was fucking awesome. Also, that was um, the best part of the movie. <laughs> something that I... He didn't scream much. Something that I... Perfect it, opportunity for a Wilhelm scream. I was gonna right? say. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. Something that I hadn't picked up on, and it admittedly very stupidly hadn't picked up on in probably the dozen or so times I've seen this movie is when they get into that vault and they're like, oh, that's a that's a chandelier. And he hits his torch to it and like lights up that entire shaft. <laughs> that whole thing was made of wood. <laughs> like I was sitting there looking at it. I was like, I don't know how I just glossed over this for the last 20 years. Yeah, chandelier of wood. You're in a room full of wood that's old as fuck. <laughs> With no ventilation. Yeah. So yeah, there's a, a little action where like all the stairs are falling apart and they have to jump on these elevators. At one point, Nick Cage has to choose between the girl and the declaration. Do you trust me? Yeah. Being directed is like, imagine you're somehow Indiana Jones and Han Solo at the same time. To be except fair, you're Nick Cage. He did steal the kiss before that scene, so if she fell, he got what he That did. scene was so dumb. Yeah. When Especially because the, the goon, the goon follow. <laughs> Why doesn't this ever happen to me? Like in that that shitty Scottish accent. Because yeah, you're a bad guy, dude. Yeah. Obviously. yeah, you don't get smooches. Yeah. But yeah, like he drops her on that thing after previously seeing a dude fall on a piece of that wood from just, just stepping falls on, to his death. Yeah. <laughs> Do you trust me? <laughs> but they get down there. They find an empty chamber. There's a lamp in the. There's a lantern in there. The Gateses spin some bullshit about how you know. Fucking Paul Revere reference. Paul Revere reference. So the next clues in Boston. Boston. So they send them off and they leave them down there to either die or to come back for if the clue's not there. The good guys. In the, the good bottom. guys, Riley, uh, Ben, Patrick, Abigail. and Abigail. And then they're in the room. Then they find the actual treasure vault behind a hidden wall, but it's already been cleared out. And then that's when father and son have the holds like, you know, you were right, son. Yeah, we didn't find it, but it means it's true, and it means we'll find it one day. And then yeah. kiss. And then they realize like there's got to be a way out of here <laughs> in case of like, the, yeah. the 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 first thing they would have done after digging the original like. shaft is dig a secondary shaft for air. Yeah, and then <laughs> so we so can get out of here. They use the pipe to open a secret door to enter another vault that has everything. And here's my issue with this entire movie: cut out the first vault. I really enjoyed this movie. I have for a long time. I will continue to enjoy it. I really enjoyed my rewatch of it. Um, It definitely was overwritten. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. So they find the treasure. Then, yes, there's a staircase. There's another door that leads to out of another grave right next to the first one, which means if you just would have gone two slats over, you could have avoided all of that bullshit. That was wasn't no in, that wasn't in the clues. I know, Sean. But it's my same issue with the game Skyrim. Yeah. You go through an the annoying back door ass dungeon. Is over there. <laughs> you go through an annoying ass dungeon to get a treasure, and then there's just a back door. Yeah. Or the Uncharted games. Yeah. It's like I'm deep underground in untouched ruins. Why is somebody <laughs> shooting at me? But yeah, then they get their freedom by when they talk to uh, Sandusky. They and get about, their freedom. Well, yes. They I mean, secure their freedom. They secure their freedom. They, they bargain it. They bargain with Sandusky. And, you know, while he's talking to Sandusky, uh, Sandusky has a mason ring. So yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> and then Sandusky just happens to know all this shit it's, about the truth. It's tr- just Sandusky. Sandusky or Sandusky. Sandusky's no worse. Let's Sandusky is definitely somebody else. Okay. Yeah, Sandusky who, is who the does guy. other things yeah. with his finger rings. <laughs> oh, no. But either way, there's a pinky ring with a mason symbol on it. Harvey Keitel knows a bunch about the treasure. I'm like, why Why didn't you just listen to him in the first place then? Well, obviously he doesn't want him to like go looking for it. Finds it anyway. Oh, and they decide they're going to give it to all the museums of the world because not one nation can hold this. Which, yeah, America would not let that happen. No. No, that's on account of... We're terrible? We we came from... <laughs> A lot of us came from from the British, yeah, who learned. would also not let that happen. Yeah. <laughs> we learned from watching you, British dad. <laughs> he had originally estimated that the value of this entire thing was $10 billion, correct? Yeah. Well, I, okay, yes. He, he 
Harvey Keitel was going to arrest him and he was like, well, about five stories below you. There's about $10 billion worth of history. But how would you quantify? Yeah. Even still. Okay. So let's just call it $5 billion. Sure. What is 1% of 5 billion? 1% of 5 billion would, 5 be, billion. would be would be 50 million, I think. 50 million. So then Riley Poole walked away I'm with a, $25 million and all he got was that fucking spider. Yeah. And that's what he's bitching about in the second movie. Which he wrecks in the second movie with yeah, a cardboard towed. with a cardboard cut out of him in it. That's right. <laughs> it gets towed. He has his like sports car that he doesn't know how to drive. And, you know, Gates and Abigail have this like big mansion, and then she gives him a map. Uh. And he's like, What's it to? It's like, oh, you'll find out, and then he chases her in the Took house. Clitoris. Pussy. <laughs> I was gonna say butt stuff, but Ooh. They're not millennials. <laughs> so the clitoris is probably off the table too <laughs> and that's national treasure hashtag just boomer things Adam do you have a particular quote from this film the one that always has kind of stuck out to me as like a KG kind of quote was when they were in the park right after stealing the declaration and re-kidnapping Abigail Chase to safety and she's like trying to she's just doing a horrible job of acting and trying to steal the declaration. I don't remember the exact quote, but it's the way he delivered it where he's like, I'm going to let you hold on to this. And he hands her the declaration of independence. He goes, if you'll shut up. <laughs> mine is, mine is similar. Cause it's when they're in the van going to where that happens. Like they're fighting. He's like, you're still shouting and starting to annoy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I did like when he asked her if she was hungry in that scene. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, my favorite was actually not about telling women to shut up. At the the gala there at the, the thingy, Riley's talking to Ben over a headset, and Ben's just changing out of his like custodian clothes into a tuxedo. And Riley's like, how do you look? And Cage just looks in a mirror. He's like, not bad. <laughs> and Ryan's like Mazel Tov and it's like they're obviously doing separate readings not connected Absolutely. to each other because <laughs> yeah. Cage is just like so serious like how do I look not bad it's like that is that is not what he's doing here you're not picking up what he's laying down Mazel Tov also I mean for Josh because he's uh, he is a patron and we'd be remiss if we didn't mention the quote the last time this document was here it was being signed because he quotes when, that a lot. When, <laughs> so, good cage, good movie, bad cage, good movie, bad, bad, good, 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 bad, bad, good, bad, bad, good, good, bad. Perfect. <laughs> I know that I don't get to have a vote, so I'm just going to go first. I mean, you've got to vote on this you, part. You still get to talk. Medium medium cage, good movie. That's a cop out. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to... Mm, okay, if I can't do medium, because I was also going to do the inversion of that, I think this was a medium movie good cage you thought it was good cage i thought that he played that character of like somewhat charismatic treasure hunter you know smart adventurer whatever like pretty well i think i misunderstood the assignment i did this did not feel like i thought he did a good job i just did not feel like i mean this this was like the cagiest role no but like this is i mean also i mean depends on your definition look at the movies i listed off that were coming out around this time this is kind of his return to not serious roles, but he did adaptation two movies before this. Yeah. Matchstick Men was next. Lord of War is coming up. This is a little more in his movie star. Movie star. Yeah. yeah. Era. I would say good cage, good movie. And it's, I mean, it's a, it's also, I think, a Disney movie, right? It is. Yeah. yeah so. Rockheimer production. It was almost a touchstone picture, which is when it goes slightly older, but they got it to PG. Yeah. I mean, things and... this will not be the last time I've seen this movie. Same. So. Uh, I, I'm with Peter. I thought it was good, uh, good cage, medium movie. We've seen better heists. We've seen better puzzle solving. You know, we've seen yeah. more concise stories. Yeah. Definitely that. We've definitely seen all of those things multiple times. Yeah. I mean, it, it's a mid seed. Yeah. If this movie. thing were, were 20 minutes shorter, I think oh, we've yeah. got a, a tight, fun fucking romp yeah. of a movie. Yeah. If you could break it down and make it 30 minutes shorter, yeah. put it in it at like an hour 45, whew, you'd have me there. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, that's really the thing. Is it's just, it's long. It is so long. 
take a minute away from every scene, you'll easily lose half an hour from this movie. Right. Like, and I mean, you won't miss any content. Just, just the scene where the uh, the declaration exchanges hands because I don't remember Abigail or Riley or whoever fucking falls down and it goes out. He gets like run over Abigail. by a bus and shit. <laughs> yeah. And then it just like the slow-mo of Sean Bean like walking up oh, yeah. in, in a suit that's Ooh. way oversized. Did that you really, all notice that? This It's of an era. Riley Poole's pants were way oversized <laughs> yeah. okay. every time. No, that reminds me. This is the thing that happens in every movie when someone almost gets hit by a semi that just blares its horn because someone like runs in the street. That semi never stops. Nope, never. No one ever stops to get out of the truck and be right. like, are you okay or what the fuck? Here's they the, just keep going. Those Sean, guys get paid by how quickly they get their <laughs> shit delivered. Like, Sean's always just like, Sean Bean's, yeah, she's fucking fine. Sean Bean's costume designer in that movie was Jinko. Like, it was <laughs> fucking ridiculous. I, w- I was just thinking I would love to see a movie and just in the background, like super serious movie in the background on some street scene, see some asshole and some Jankos. Or see a juggalo just, just hanging out. Full stovepipes. An extra. Also, just... Does anyone else remember Urban Outfitters? Oh, yeah. They still exist. Yeah, Do they're, they? They're around. Oh, yeah. my God. I mean, Hot Topic, those things, they're all around. I haven't been to a mall in, like, a where decade. Do you, where do you meet women? <laughs> I don't. Primal. We're talking about Primal. <laughs> yeah, speaking of a movie that uh, is a lot shorter, but probably could have shaved about 20 minutes off of. <laughs> primal. It comes in at a crisp hour and 37. 37. Yeah, that's right. And that's with credits. Minutes. Yeah. Which the, you gotta watch the credits. Okay, wait. Oh, of course. What about an after credit scene? <laughs> 2019's Primal, which brings back all of the CG technology of a late 90s Jumanji. <laughs> the animal work in this movie is so fucking bad. <laughs> it's, it's, only, it's only the white jag. The white jag. Like, the monkeys are fine, because they never... They're fine. They're fine, but they never stick on the monkeys long enough for it to matter. Oh, except for the baby monkey. Do you remember the baby monkey's look? Oh, yeah. (laughs) It looked like my nutsack. (laughs) What killed me was the fucking tapir that he's trying to get back in a cage. (laughs) So you've got Nick Cage, like, shuffling around with his arms out, trying to, like, get this fucking fake animal into a cage. (laughs) And it's terrible. the tapir just walks so nonchalantly. It's just like... So, yeah, so this is a movie. This movie is uh, it fucking rocks. I wish uh, I wish you all could have had the experience of seeing this for the first time. I mean, I did a, have that experience with a rocket scientist. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Talk talk about that for yeah. a second. Lay some groundwork. Uh, so I watched this on Saturday, and I was at John's house. For context, John is a rocket scientist. John is also a, uh, a cage <laughs> dancer for the pod yeah. and an eventual guest. John John had asked me to come over to, te- to teach him how to bake bread, which takes a lot of time. And I was like, I've got some stuff going on. I've got school and I've got type. I've got to watch this movie. <laughs> and he's like, well, we could watch that movie while we're baking bread. And listener, if I could give you any piece of advice, if you want to watch Primal for the first time, 20 minutes and 20 minute installments is the way to do it. Agreed. <laughs> 20 minutes. Take 15 minutes off and come back and start over. Nicholas Cage plays Frank Walsh. Femke Jensen plays Dr. Ellen Taylor. And everyone else is probably an extra from Burn Notice. Oh, Kevin Durant. Come yeah, on, Kevin. Kevin Durant. Okay, okay, he was excellent he in was this was movie. Great. He was amazing in this movie. He outcaged Cage. Yes. That's true. If this, this is the this... most phoned-in Cage performance I feel we've seen. Oh, yeah. He didn't really? shit on this one. This one was pretty... It, pretty it might be the least dialed cage that we've seen yeah so i mean i feel film... like he tried to connect with other roles more like even uh left behind i feel like he tried to oh left behind he was just a fucking ham sandwich the entire time yeah but in this movie he's just like, giving us the lines with whatever reading he felt like this... at the moment so cage had done a movie with this director before uh i don't think anybody nick direct. powell i don't think anybody directed he did this. the movie outcast which i mentioned earlier oh, yeah, yeah, with yeah. hayden christensen and they felt that through the production process they didn't get enough like leeway to be who they wanted to be so this was their ability to be who they wanted to be much like dog eat dog was supposed to be their big one after um dying of the light yeah 
Yeah. Okay. So both of those failed. Yeah. I mean, I can see what Cage was trying to do. I just think uh, it could have used a little extra, like, supervision. So... uh, (laughs) Just to keep him on track. In this film, Nick Cage plays not a big game hunter, just he... He's a, an exotic game hunter. Exotic game hunter, like... But not for killing. Not yeah, for no. killing. He captures them and then sells them to zoos all over the world. He's an unlicensed animal capturist. Yes. <laughs> and That's like being a hydro-ceramic engineer if you're a dishwasher. <laughs> and he's not good at it. He's in his, like, he's in his blind at the beginning of the film. There's a poorly CG'd... Oh, like, jag. Jag. Who, uh, like you know, goes for the bait, which, like, tears his blind out of the thing, and he has to, like, knife fight with the CG Panther with his, with the dart he was going to shoot it with. Yeah, his knockout syringe. He falls into his own pit. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Then he, like, he takes all his captured animals to a ship that's going to get him to Mexico, because they're in Brazil? Yeah, they were in Brazil, where everybody was speaking Spanish. I, (laughs) that bugged me, too. Um, it bugged a lot of people on the internet as well. Yeah. I also fucking speak is, Spanish there. To be fair, this is early enough in the movie that people probably still cared. It wasn't long after this where people are like, so, fuck it. He takes the animals and the jag, who at this point is... White jag. The white jag, who is the biggest thing, the biggest catch One of his life. Million. They get him to the ship. U.S. Marshals show up with a prisoner on the ship. And then the whole, like, white jag story arc fades away until it's necessary <laughs> for a final conflict. But isn't Kevin Durant have... kind of the white jag? <laughs> He's the white jag of my heart. <laughs> you could have cut out that entire story arc and it would have made no uh, difference. No, it gave him like the big Have thing you been waiting on, on that ship? one? <laughs> Hot off the presses, baby. <laughs> I mean, the only thing it really gives him is an excuse to use a fucking blowgun in the final scene. But other but, than that, like, none of that is certain. Like, the actual story of this movie, none of it is served by him, the whole animal also, subplot. Is, well, if it didn't have the animal subplot, why would he be on the boat? You two are city kids, but you and I are, are country folk. So we understand these things. So animal I, assume, I assume at some point you've hunted. Yeah. Not very effectively. I have very bad ADHD. That's I fine. I gave that up real quick. That's fine, but I'm guessing you... I'm guessing while you were trying to hunt, you weren't smoking a fucking cigar. <laughs> Thank you. That bugged the shit out of me. And just like, just like eating crackers out of a coffee can. <laughs> and just being loud, yeah. yeah. Like gin, a cigar, crackers. He's <laughs> <laughs> just swearing and like talking the, on his phone. The first, the first, All of these things the, seem to work for him. The though. first minute of that movie, I was like, this is just some bullshit. Like, for all of the bad that was in this movie, I really enjoyed the way that it was shot. The way it was shot, they tended to like station a lot of props in front, and it gave it this weird, like faux three D feeling. Really, for me, the like the one redeeming quality because it felt like that was the only intentional thing that they were really doing. <laughs> there was one thing that carried through the whole movie: that fucking soda can in front of the camera. Did, well, did did anybody else actually notice that? No, I no. I was so distracted by how washed out. The, the color palette mm-hmm. was for this movie like I could mm. not get over it it wasn't even washed out in a way that it was like lights are blowing things out it was just dull it's, yeah they just dull. every khaki like yeah the vast the vast majority of scenes um especially ones that would have had any kind of like real action the actors would have been staged behind furniture and things like that so they were like really away from the camera so it gave this like really solid depth my favorite part of actually what you're talking about is all the fight scenes that happen like behind barrels and things where you don't see any action. <laughs> oh yeah, well the one actual fight scene with uh, I love well, it when they position. well I'll just I'll just fuck off then. the one real fight scene between Nicolas Cage and Kevin Durant is just. Nick Cage is not trying at all. That so was so lame. Trying. Neither is Kevin Durant either. It's like, okay, he shot me from this direction. I'll just spray bullets 
Reload. Oh no, I'm talking about their actual like fight fight. Oh, oh at the end. okay. Like when they're like like fisticuffs, and it's just like Kevin Durant's like putting in the effort to like make it look like he's fighting, and Nick Cage is just like buckling knees before anything even comes close to him, and he's just like, I don't want to be here. We're gonna get this in one shot. And we're gonna be done. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, by that time, Nick Cage had been shot in the leg. So Kevin Durant's character. I don't know the last Loffler, time you got shot in the leg. Not recently. Uh, escapes and is now on the ship. His Let's, escape scene was great. His, his escape, escape scene, scene was, was great. Pretty good. Uh, is escaped. Let some, let the animals loose. Stole some poisonous snakes and now is systematically taking out all the U.S. marshals and taking everyone out. It's just to reclaim the, the ship. It is snakes on a boat. It was. I didn't think about that. It was snakes on a boat. And Femke Only Jansen by is... technicality of there were two snakes. <laughs> and Femke Jansen is there. <laughs> any fewer snakes, it would be snake on a boat. Femke Jansen. I would watch that. <laughs> Femke Jansen is there solely to be a woman. Like, she's supposedly a doctor because of dude's seizures. Mm-hmm. Which is how he gets out of prison by faking a seizure. And This is another movie in which Nick Cage tells women to shut up a lot. Yeah. And then they like need to give her more reason to be there, so they poison the ship's captain and the the worst kid we've seen in a movie. In a oh, movie. I didn't think Rafi was the worst kid. <sighs> he okay. was terrible. Why were you so upset with Rafi? So here's here's he's like a that was actor. Okay, he's like he's nine. So that, this was the this was the your bad takeaway. Movie, from, I'm pretty sure they this, got bu- a pretty the budget good was 18 million. It made 288 thousand. Yeah, it's terrible. Ooh. Thank you for doing your research. That not was good. but uh, not only is he a terrible actor. Like at in the climax when there's a shootout and fucking Loeffler's got the kid by the hair and then he has to like start shooting people. There's like an extended like 45 second like shootout and Robbie is just standing there. He's in shock. His dad's dying. Because he's okay. been bit by one of the snakes. So what what killed me on about boat. snakes, on, <laughs> snakes a boat. on a boat? What killed me about Rafi wasn't anything. Like his dialogue sucks. It's fine. He's a oh, kid. Yeah, no, like it's, it's terrible. Nick Cage is a drunk dude on a boat talking to a kid. Like he's gonna be a dick. It's fine. I hated his costuming so fucking much. It's you like, wish he could have afforded better clothes. No, I wish that they had made him not look like he if someone prick. said draw a picture of a kid <laughs> he looks like he looks like ness from mother uh earth Earthbound, Earthbound. you know yeah. i'm not gonna like, i'm not gonna they put the ball cap and the striped shirt on him and that's it i'm not gonna <laughs> click on this profile picture because this profile picture literally of uh are you jeremy, online dating right now <laughs> jeremy nazario the kid who played rafi i'm not gonna click on the photo because this photo definitely looks like it was taken during this movie yeah and i don't want to be sad that this is his only credit <laughs> robbie's such a fucking piece of shit <laughs> like, but he's a kid like that's what kids do they bad kid <laughs> they're, they're morons they're why didn't Franka jansen just grab him by his scruff and tell him to sit the fuck down because she didn't have enough spine to do that in this movie she was worthless her character was really limited i have to assume just for the storyline to let Nick Cage's Frank Walsh, uh, who is a nothing character, who was a nothing character. Like this is, but like at some point, at some point you gotta like. She provides in, in his best in his best moments when he finally like decided to stop being a shithead and do something. He basically became like Kevin Costner in a baseball movie. <laughs> no, just so I know I have a bit of a love affair with. Red Gene, Rock West. Gene Grey. No. Mm-hmm. Red Rock West. Red Rock West. Where it's just like Nick Cage plays a dude who's now in a shitty situation and he has to like g- generic tough guy his way out of it. And that's what this movie is trying to be and fails on every level. He is nothing in this film. This is the only time I've seen him in a movie where I'm just like, I don't buy any of this. You don't buy any of this. And it's frustrating because this is right at that kind of start you know we had joe color out of space there's like this is getting to that third wave cage and this is just awful i think the movie just didn't do a super good job of selling us what he is he's just i mean kind of a shit heel and i've known plenty of people just yeah. like him and i i can look at him and be Why like are you looking oh, at yeah. me because i i don't know i think there's a character there i think the movie didn't really do us any favors oh, in this getting whole, it to us? This but... whole f- movie was just like, this is a long episode of Burn Notice. The, this is a this is a USA so, movie. So mm-hmm. actually, USA Network movie. Actually, one of my biggest issues with this movie was feeling like 
the idea had a lot of legs. The script was how many legs? Fucking garbage. Four. White Jack's got four. But like, okay, you think of this as like at least six. You think of this as like a, a late '80s, early '90s Schwarzenegger film. It would have been awesome. There was a lot of potential for this, and they just fucked off with well, it. Well, I keep forgetting that there's a White Jack in this film, and the writers do too. <laughs> no, it shows up every time they need some kind of <laughs> to remind you, for... to remind you that the White Jack's in this film. Well, no, to like. You know, keep Nick Cage's, like, attention split. I, I think the big thing for me is that, like, in a Schwarzenegger version of this movie in 1995, he would have been a hero character, even if he's a flawed hero. Yeah. And and Nick Cage's character, in interviews, he was like, no, I play a bad guy. Like, I'm a, I'm a pretty shitty guy. Like, yeah. I'm kind of a poacher, but not quite, but I'm still pretty bad. It's like, he's designed to be unlikable and performed as unlikable yeah and i think i give him like, credit for that I, I i just think it was poorly written in that in that way okay. and also this also could have been fun but but to sean's point the main storyline was this this military assassin that defects breaks out of a cage on a boat like they set it up that this this white jag this super rare animal is going to be an integral part of the story that had nothing to do with it yeah it's um, really just there to kill the guy at the end of the film. <laughs> where I, I felt like I was left short with this movie was the Loeffler character, like that origin story, would be really interesting. The Frank Walsh character, also really, really interesting. And they didn't really give us either one of those. No. They just sort of were like, here's two characters. We're going to give you sort of a brief synopsis of how they're terrible. And then they have to fight on a boat. I do feel like there's a lot of potential in this script, but this was meant to be a quick 97 minute movie. Let's make some money. They didn't. It turns out it, they, they lost a lot of money. I would, I, I thought that, that Kevin Duran did a, a fantastic job of playing Loeffler. He was very convincing as like a fucked up assassin that did not give a shit. Um, he just wanted to get back to like the South American jungle and assassinate people. <laughs> That but just, that felt that that he did a great job. Go with what you do. Know. What you love, um, and you never work it in your life. I would. I would. <laughs> okay. I just love killing people in um, South Africa. Or South he was America. he was spectacular. Really stand by his performance in that. I would have liked to have learned more about that character. Frank Walsh actually is an interesting character to me, and they just sort of made him like a cheap dime store bad guy. That was like, oh, I've got some animals. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta get him to Mexico or wherever he was oh, going. Gotta get him to Mexico. Yeah, and then fucking Jean Grey, Jen Kajanskin. Yeah, like her, her weird ass little flip at the end was so predictable and stupid. I want to talk about her at the end when Nick Cage is like, "I need you to go down and draw him out." So go down to the like the galley and like make a bunch <laughs> of noise. Okay, how will I know where you are? You won't. You've just got to trust me. <laughs> yeah, going back to National Treasure. And then it's like, you got to okay. trust me when I'm about to throw you onto a giant wooden platform to your death. But it's not like count to 300 and start. It's just like, I don't know, fucking get out there and make some noise and pray to God that I'm in a good spot. Again, in terms of poor editing, he puts uh, Scuddy in his room. Scuddy being the engineer of the ship. I liked that character I liked a Scuddy. lot. I liked that character a but lot. Like, so, but then, that like, dude was just smoking cigarettes in a diesel room. When when Nick <laughs> yeah. Cage finally decides he's going to hunt... Uh, I'll tell you this. That's okay. Because <laughs> diesel is actually only flammable when it's pressurized, like atomized. You could throw a cigarette in just oh. like a open bucket of diesel and it wouldn't... Like, Diesel facts. So, but when you don't, smoke, you don't smoke the right cigarettes. When Nick Cage is going to hunt, finally goes decide Slayers? he's gonna he's gonna go on the hunt for Durant. He goes into his cabin, pulls out like a compound like bow, and I'm like, where the fuck has that been this whole movie? Also, I see why you're not allowed to have guns on ships because everyone dies real dumbly in this film. Yeah, the like the U.S. Marshals are terrible in this movie. Cops are bad. Cops are bad. To be fair, they are only U.S. Marshals. I do. I That's do. Like, I do. Jason, people are bad. It's like too. I'm out at. I'm out. I'm in water, and I need help. I oh, do have questions. Coast Guard. I do have questions about like the guy leading the U.S. Marshals after like Durant's escaped, and they've like had a few failed attempts at capturing him. It's like, 
Until we capture him, I'm the captain. Pretty sure that's not how captaining works. And <laughs> yeah. then... Uh, Especially Walsh, in, like, non-American International waters. waters. <laughs> and then Walsh is just like, well, I don't have to do what you say. He's like, well, if you don't, I'm going to bring you up on treason or whatever else I... Or no, mutiny or whatever else I can. I'm like, again... You're not the captain. This isn't your ship. He's not part of the crew. And he's not part of the crew. I did look up the writer of this script. and You did the, more work than I did. I can't, off the top of my head, name any of his other movies. He has written quite a few, and they're all kind of... This? About this, yeah. Is he a white jag? <laughs> white jag just off, a white maybe. jag on a typewriter writing stories. It's like, oh, I man, just have my cigar. best. There's going to be a his, fucking MacGuffin in this his, movie, and it's a his name jag. Is, his name is Hunter Jag. He's white, and he played lacrosse at Duke. I just had my best joke in this whole podcast, and you all talked over it. You can do it now. No, it's no, not it's, worth The it. moment's gone. We'll, we'll you can save on. it. <laughs> save it for next time. I say he was a white jag off. Oh. <laughs> That All was right, your best you. joke. You you claimed that as your top achievement. Call the shot. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, he points for outfield. It's a grounder to third. All right. So good cage, good movie, bad cage, bad bad cage, bad movie is my is my. Uh, couldn't even get through the whole thing. Uh, no. Just just reuse what I used okay, for. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna go first. It was bad cage and bad movie. And the thing is, like, I'm pretty sure I, I went first. I would never ever recommend anybody watch it but i really enjoyed my time with it i say bad cage bad movie and i wouldn't change a thing yeah, yeah I'm, I'm fully with you guys i think this was a a enjoyable stupid fucking waste of time yeah. i watched it on double speed and it was fantastic <laughs> i love myself every Morning. usa original show and that's what this movie is. It's yep. an episode of Burn Notice. It's an episode of Monk. It's an episode of Psych. And I love it for that. But it is awful. And it, mm, probably I'm putting this in one of the worst cage performances of this podcast. Going back, I probably hadn't watched um, National Treasure for a couple years, which is rare for me because I watch it all the time. You have that and, tattoo. And, and <laughs> yep, Nick Cage. But you full, can't see it. Full, it's hidden on his back. You full, gotta rub him with lemons. <laughs> full back piece of him holding a fucking torch. I thought like, I, I really thought I was going to go into this being like, okay, Primal's going to be the one for me that I think should go through. Oh, it sucked. I love it, but it sucked. I love scenes of it. As a whole, though, I fucking needed to stop a lot. Oh, yeah. Do we have a... Does anyone have a quote for this film? I have one. I have quotes. Um, I have one as well. I don't know. I, I don't... I want to do it justice, and I don't think I'm going to be able to. Rafi was asking about uh, Nick Cage's pet parrot because that was a weird Aladdin thing going on. And he was like, oh, yeah, he's a real regular Einstein. Oh, that was that was mine. That's right. Regular Einstein. Yeah. <laughs> it was a little lispier than that. Yeah. Einstein. Well, it's because he was just always like, drunk. John, John, John and I had to pause the movie at that point. And we're only like 10 minutes in. My other one was uh, when they're on the ship and after Durant gets out and he starts like breaking shit, Nick Cage starts turning on faucets and no water's coming out. And he's like calling, like, you know, there's no water. Well, how do you know? I know how a fucking faucet works, <laughs> you damn federal clown. <laughs> What'd you have, Nick? Uh, mine was the water thing. Oh, sorry, Nick. <laughs> no, it's okay. Uh, I could also just go with Touch my cat, I'll blow your head off. That was mine. Yeah, great. <laughs> so we just did a little steal around. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so how about we just do this all again? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and Adam just doesn't get a quote. <laughs> That's yep, There we go. Come on, guys. All right, so uh, what moves forward? Primal. You're wrong. No. And I'm, no, it's fucking National Treasure. It is not. It I'm is not going to sit through two treasure. hours and 15 minutes of National Treasure again. It's it's a more, it's a better, it's a more fun film. No. Primal's, it's not a more fun film. It is a longer film. And it is a film Primal that, is bad. Yeah, and it's enjoyably bad. It is not. Nick Cage is terrible in this film. And this is a podcast about the best Nick Cage film. And this is his worst performance. It's but, not Primal. National Treasure is forgettably Nicolas Cage. I don't care. It, it's no, it's it's gotta be. It's not. You've got a movie that moves at a better clip, 
It has more Nicholas Cage energy. It's not entertaining for that clip. It's entertaining for what it is. I found more entertainment from watching this movie than I will ever find from watching National Treasure. And National Treasure was fine. Okay, here's how I approach it. I've got two movies, and I've got a buddy coming over, and we're going to have a couple beers and watch a movie. Am I going to say, hey, man, want to sit down for two hours and 15 fucking minutes holding hands and watching National Treasure? Or do you want to sit down you put magnets for in Pete's belly 97 minutes, hold hands, and watch Primal, which is fucking weird as shit. And we're going to have a lot more fun... I didn't have. I didn't have more fun with that. That's because you watched it alone. (laughs) You need someone to hold a hand with. And next on the next round, we can hold hands while we watch it together. I would would enjoy that, but we're not watching Primal again. Well, we're not watching National Treasure, so I guess we skip this round. No, I think this is the rare. This is the first time we'll ever have to go to a tiebreaker. I'm not prepared for this shit. (laughs) Yeah, well, it's fucking on you, buddy. We'll do sixty seconds each, arguing our case to me uninterrupted so you can't trump it you can't fucking talk over it i fucking don't yeah okay (laughs) (laughs) then peter will decide who goes on prepare your case go all right so i think primal should win because it's the more just i don't know unconventional character He's got more just like wacky line delivery. You get to see Nicolas Cage just work against his normal uh, like film repertoire. And he says things about fucking faucets. Sean, proceed. Nick Cage sleeps his way through Primal. It's not a good performance. It's not a good Nick Cage role. And ultimately we're here to figure out what the best Nick Cage movie is. And it's National Treasure beats Primal. Primal forgets its own subplot. There's He's not even the main character. And yeah, he plays off type, but it's not an interesting type. And he clearly doesn't care about the role. It needs to be National Treasure. Okay, I want a rebuttal real quick. <laughs> what? No, <laughs> you can't change the rules. No, every debate has rebuttals. <laughs> and I'm just going to say really quickly, you didn't even talk about your movie. You spent your time talking about Primal. It's obviously the more talkable movie. You can't even defend National Treasure because you're too busy talking about Primal. I was talking about how much... You talked about Primal. All right, cross You literally didn't say anything about National Treasure. I said it was the better role. (laughs) Yes, okay, yes, it's longer, but it's not worse because it's longer. But you're going to have to watch it again, and it's going to go against The Rock. Save yourself some time in the future. Peter. My ruling. National treasure. Thank you. Sorry, Nick. This is a poor choice. (laughs) I don't disagree with you, and I think both of these are set up for massive failure against The Rock. But I liked his effort more in National Treasure. I think Primal ultimately is a movie that I think could have been a TV episode, and I would have been fine with that. Like... Give me that in 40 minutes, and I'm fucking on, but yeah. You're all re- going to regret this. I'm just going to vote for Primal next time anyways. Because <laughs> I'm a bad loser. <laughs> I love a good poor sport. Yeah. So is Kevin Duran. You well. know, I don't. It's, it's not like I bring up the fact that I have to watch uh, Army of One every episode. Yeah. Oh, True there enough. it is. Got it in this time. Yeah. Right at the end. I was afraid you weren't going to mention that. <laughs> Still a more cagey movie, just like Primal. A bad what? movie can it's, be good. It's the Two wrongs side. can make a right. No. <laughs> just fucking kiss me, big boy. It's just not this film. <laughs> All right. National Treasure is the better movie. If that's the one I'm suggesting to people, it's National Treasure. I disagree. I've watched them both three times and <laughs> this week. And why, why? I'm going to continue to watch Primal because it is honestly, it's just a bad movie fun. It's a good movie to watch when you want to watch a bad movie and it's got Nicolas Cage and it does he's surly he gives like a shit performance and honestly I find that enjoyable I expect more from Cage 
I am. At this point, I'm You're I not watching Nicolas Cage movies. What's that? <laughs> I <laughs> am, though. That's kind of the whole point of this. It's like that... It was like that, that restaurant in St. Louis where their waiters are meant to be rude to you. Oh, God. Yeah, we saw a place like that in Vegas, yeah. too. It's like... Uh, that's it. Johnny Dickholes or something. <laughs> yeah, Johnny. Oh, Johnny Dickholes. He he was trained by that wait staff. Oh, yeah. In, anyways, um, well, for everyone here at Johnny Dickholes, please rate, <laughs> review, and subscribe. Mm-hmm. Thank you guys for having me again. This was a lot of fun. Oh, you're um, still here? Yeah, welcome back, Adam. Oh, Jesus Christ, <laughs> love you, Adam. Thank you for coming. <laughs> I had a, had a really good time. Thank you for letting me. Uh, have an excuse to watch that fucking movie yeah you can also support us on patreon at uh, patreon.com slash cage match also special thanks to all of our sparkle buddies josh sean josie rico matt and adam and for our cage dancers ira and john thank you for your support we're on reddit if you want to chat with us or yell at us for our dumb shit uh at cage match pod yep. um whoever keeps uh, thumbs downing our stuff on reddit fuck off or keep it up. Yeah, no, I like the I like the conflict. <laughs> and I've got all these fucking exotic animals I bought for apparently no goddamn reason. We'll if give you 1%. Them, you can have them. Thought it was going to be a good season 2 bit. <laughs> <laughs>